and not hit those verses. Hebrews chapter 11, known as the Hall of Faith. Verses 1 through 3, I'm using the King James Version. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds, that the aeons were framed by the word of God. The seasons, the times, the seasons, this 90 days that we're standing in, this year that we're standing in, they were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen, so that things which are seen, they're gonna be seen this year. Come on now, but they won't come from things which do appear. Amen? Amen. Amen. You may take your seats. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to focus in on verse 2. I'll read both 1 and 2. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, faith, the elders obtained a good report Tonight, we're going to talk about obtaining a good report. I said we're going to talk about obtaining a good report, not a bad report, a good report. Hallelujah. You know, last night uh, when Pastor ministered, he could have gone on for two more hours because I tell you what, at our house, feet were still walking the floor at 3 a.m. It's just hard to get in the presence of God like that and hear that kind of word and then lay down and go to sleep. I, I just, we got to talk about it. I tried to go to sleep. I think I dozed off for about 40 minutes and then I was up to five. You know, just excited about this time and this season and really excited because our man of God last night laid out God's purpose. His whole purpose for why all of this is taking place while we're here. God said he wants to show the world. He said this through our man of God, who's the real deal. And in doing so, he's going to reveal those amongst us who are the real deal. The fakes and phonies won't make it in this. They won't see what the man of God was talking about last night. But those of us who have decided for Christ thou live and for Christ thou die, who've made the word of God of the utmost importance. Man, they're going to find out that we are the real deal. Tell your neighbor that. Say, I'm the real deal. I'm the real deal. I'm not some fake. I'm not some phony. I'm the real deal, right? Hallelujah. It's God's desire that we all manifest, first and foremost, our sonship here on the earth. It's okay if I teach, right? Yeah, I didn't, okay, amen. He wants us to walk around, behave, and yes, manifest those things that belong to the children of God. There's certain things that if you are, you know, this child that's going to be uh, born to Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, I do not expect to run into them in my local Target. I, I don't expect to run into her in there. You know, I don't expect for them to be sitting up late at night uh, trying to figure out how they're going to take care of child care. You know, you know, the, the, the going rate for an infant is 250 a week. 
babe, how are we going to do that? I don't think they're having that conversation. I don't think they're having it. But, but why is that? Because they are the heirs of royalty. So the, the menial conversations that most of us have to have because, you know, our parents weren't uh, Elizabeth and Philip or grandparents, you know, they're not having those conversations. But can I tell you something? We are a royal priesthood. We are children of the most high God. And he's trying through this word to get us to understand that's exactly who we are and for us to manifest everything that we're supposed to have as his children. We shouldn't be worried about rent, light bills, water bills, tuition. Come on, how are we gonna eat tonight or next week? We shouldn't be thinking about any of those things. Why? Because we are children of God. And our God wants to give what? A good report. God wants to brag on his children. I've not met a parent worth 50 cents that doesn't brag on his child. I mean, and it gets worse when they're grandparents, right? But I'm, yes, they just get, they can't do any wrong. No, their number two doesn't stink. My God, when they pop you in the face, it's just the cutest thing you've ever, you just want to brag on them. You hang every little piece of paper that they scribble on, on the refrigerator. You don't throw it away for 50 years because, oh my goodness, look what Junebug made. Oh, isn't it wonderful? You know, I remember my mom would take our report cards and I'm going to take them to work. Mom, why are you taking them to work? I just want people to see you have a project. Ooh, let me see that. Where's that thing you made? I'm going to take it. To and then you walk into a job and they say, oh, I saw that thing you. Oh, I heard that. Oh, my good. Why? Because parents want to brag on their children. They want to give a report. Children. Give your parents something to report. It's a part of who we are. We are wired, man, to want to share all of the good things that our offspring does. Well, God is no different. God wants to brag on us, his children. It's his greatest joy to testify. To testify of what his children are doing. You know what? God is our star witness. I mean, when you watch Perry Mason, my God, I got delivered from Perry Mason and I got delivered to Gunsmoke. You know, because you got to choose when they come on at the same hour. Hey, and I just love the end. Uh, who cares what happened in the beginning? It's all the same. Somebody got killed. Somebody found the body. They, you know, you thought it was them, but it really wasn't them. But at the end, there was always somebody sitting in the courtroom who was the least suspected, right? And then all of a sudden, Perry would say, Margaret Ann, come to the stand. And she would just blow the case, or he would just blow the case wide open. They would be his secret weapon. They would be his star witness. Can I tell you something? God is our star witness. He, when we're being accused, when we have our backs up against the wall, when the evil one wants to pressure us, God stands up. Jesus is sitting right now making intercession for each and every one of us. Man, Father.
Father, did you see what she just did? Father, did you hear what he just said? Father, do you see their faith increasing? Well, God does, I said God does the same thing. Remember Job, Job 1 and 1? He said, man, Job what? He was perfect, he was upright, he fears me, and he eschews evil. God testified about Jesus, right? He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He said it when he was being baptized. He said it again up on the Mount of Transfiguration. He, he bragged on Jesus. Come on, what about David? He's a man after my own heart. Come on, he bragged on him. Man, what about Paul when he testified about the Macedonian church? When he said, man, out of their poverty they gave, and I wish you Corinthians would abound in the same grace that they have. Brad, it's, it's just natural for a parent to brag. But when your parent is God, and he begins to brag on you, that's all Hebrews chapter 11 is. God bragging on his, he's giving testimony, he's giving witness of those who he's called his children. Amen? So we should all want a good report. In the end, we should all want to hear, well done, my good and faithful. Anybody not want to hear that? I want to hear it. I want to hear it. And when he says it, I want the angels backing him up. I want Peter, James, and John to be saying, I want Sarah to come out and Abraham. I want the whole choir to say, well done. That good and faithful servant. Come on. Man, I want to hear Hebrews 11 and 2. You know, personally, by faith, Kimberly obtained a good report. Say it. Put your name in it. Say, by faith. Obtained a good report. I obtained a good report. God had something good to say about me. Now, can I tell you what it's going to take? It's going to take faith. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by faith, the elders obtained a good report. It comes by faith. The only way we're going to have that good report, the only way we're going to hear well done, the only way, man, we're going to get a good report card from God is if we do it by faith. Right. Now, here's what we've got to understand about faith. The faith meeting, right? Yes. Faith is not innate. You're not born with it. Faith is not transferable. You can't just operate in faith because your mama had faith and your grandmama had faith or your godmama had faith or your auntie took you to church when you were 12. That does not mean you have faith because you have a Bible with your name imprinted on the front in gold foil does not mean you have faith. Faith has to be acquired. Oh, Pastor Kim, nope, nope, nope. Romans 12 verse 3 says God gives every man a measure of faith. Can I tell you something? A measure of faith is not going to get you to abundant manifestation. A measure of faith will get you into heaven. Period, point blank. That's all a measure of faith will do is to get you a seat. Now, I'm going to tell you, you might not be on the best street when you get there, but at least you'll be there. Amen? At least you'll be there. 
But if you're going to manifest and obtain a good report, it's going to take more than a measure of faith. It's going to take you increasing your faith more and more. And can I tell you something? Like Pastor said earlier, God does not increase faith. Say that. Say, God will not increase my faith. There is no scripture where you found God increasing people's faith. Remember when those boys got on that boat on the Sea of Galilee and God said we're going to, the, Christ said we're going to the other side and uh, they got in the middle and a storm arose and, and, you know, Pastor alluded to it last night and the wind and the wave, they beat and beat. And, oh, Jesus is on the boat sleep and they run down and oh, Master, care is not that we perish. And he gets up and he says, oh, peace be still. He says, why are you so afraid? How is it? that you have, how is it that you have no faith? Now you don't see any discourse after that where God says, or Christ says, I'm going to show you now how to increase your faith. No, you just need to spend more time with me, watch what I do, imitate what I do, and then watch your faith grow, okay? So faith, go to Romans 10, 17. We've got to understand you're not born with faith. Faith cannot be transferred to you. Pastor John, nor I can lay hands on you and your faith be stronger tomorrow than it was today. That's not how it happens. Look how it happens. So then faith what? Cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the what? Word of God. So that means I need my ears open to hear, right? And once I'm able to hear, now I can build some faith. Faith comes. Faith has to be obtained, right? Now let's look at what that hearing means. Hearing is that Greek word, G189, echoe, which is the sense of hearing, the organ of hearing, the ear, the thing heard. Faith will come by the thing heard. It will come by instruction, namely oral, of preaching the gospel, hearsay, report, or rumor. So faith is going to come by me hearing something. Now, if you want faith to grow, You've got to hear the preached word of God. Now, it also says in that meaning that it is hearing means hearsay. Remember, we're talking about a testimony, right? Hearsay, report, or rumor. So that means that the testimony is important when we're talking about increasing faith. We need to hear each other's testimonies. You can't hear them enough. You can't hear enough about mom and dad Durba's testimony. You can't hear enough about Pastor John and Pastor Kim's testimony. You can't hear enough of it. Why? Because faith is the victory, right? That overcomes the world. Now, you go over to Revelation chapter 12, right? And we learn that they overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the what? Word of the testimony. For those of you taking notes, that's Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. So we need to hear something. Say, I've got to hear something. I've got to hear something. And I've got to hear some good things. Because can I tell you something? Faith and fear are exactly the same. They're forces. They're forces. If I hear enough bad stuff, I will build negative faith. Negative faith is called fear. It's Faith in the wrong direction. It's faith in the wrong direction. 
But if I hear good things, if I hear the preached word of God from clean voices and I meditate on it and I listen to it and I get on Roku and I get on YouTube and I get on SoundCloud and I shut up all them whining gospel singers and I put this word on and I listen to this word while I'm in the grocery store. I listen to this word while I'm walking the baby through the neighborhood. If I listen, I'm going to increase my faith. And I'm telling you, if you increase your faith, you will have a good report. God will, God will have something to say about you. That's right. Man, I don't want to get to the end of this life. And I'm still working with God on how many years? Because we learned Abraham nailed 175. Well, then I read about his daddy at the end of Genesis chapter 11, who nailed 275. Now, I got that. But look on Abraham, exactly, so 175 is good. But I'm just showing that the 120 thing, it doesn't happen. You got to take faith, right? So then we want a good report. So I don't want to get to the end of my days. Whenever I decide, that's it. And God have nothing good to say about me. I don't want to get to the end of this meeting. and God have nothing good to say about me. I want a good report. Any, anybody with me on this? I want a good report. Any parent looking for a bad report card come the next grade period? Like you, you gonna be excited about that? Do you share anything underneath a 3.0? Do you even share it? You don't even take it to work, do you? Yo, I'm not trying to tell nobody, but I ain't trying to tell them. Well, how they do? Mm. Yeah. You ask about a report card, ask like they ain't hear you. If you can hung, you can hear. That's what my husband says. Huh? What you say? But listen, we want to get a good report. And it's going to come by us increasing our faith. And our faith is going to increase by hearing the preached word of God and the testimonies of those who are landing things. Stop listening to the whining and the complaints of people who aren't doing anything by faith. It's not helping you. It's not helping you. Your co-worker and all that stuff they're talking, it's not helping you. Your lazy church sister, brother, talking that yin-yang, it ain't helping you. My goodness, but if we, lazy Christian, but if we listen to the preached word of God, my goodness, your faith is going to increase. Amen? Amen? Now listen. Four times in the scriptures, the pastor told us this earlier, we're told that the just are to live by faith. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, write this down. This is school. This is faith school. Well, I already know this. That notebook you wrote this in five years ago, you don't even know where it is. So write it down again. You read, you write, you recite. That's how you retain. All right? Habakkuk 2, verse 4, Romans 1, 17, Galatians 3, 11, Hebrews 10, 38. And when we read it, let's just put up uh, either one of those, Hebrews 10.38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure. I don't have nothing good to say about him. I don't have a good report when you draw back. Right? Now we read the just shall live by faith like that means the just shall merely live by faith. They're, they're, they're just, they just survive. They just exist. They just keep breathing. No, it's more than that. I started reading it this way. The just shall live by faith. 
So then my husband, the red pen bandit, who likes to correct everybody's grammar, <laughs> it's one of his pet peeves, <laughs> hallelujah. He said, well, won't you just say it like this? By faith, the just shall live. By faith, the just shall live, not just exist. God does not want to give a report about people just existing. But those who decide, I want to live. I want to shorten my extended stay, and I want to hang out in the Ritz. God said, they took, they took me up on that. They actually took me up on that. You know, I don't want to just, you know, uh, make it through life limping and hurting and, and nagging and constant doctor's visits and prescriptions all over the place needing some sort of everything to make it. No, God wants us to live by this faith so he'll have something to say about us, his children. All right. So let's look at this live. One time this word is used that uh, phrase, uh, the just shall live by faith in the Hebrew, the Old Testament, and it's kaya. It means to live, have life, remain alive, sustain life, live prosperously, live forever, be quickened, be alive, be restored to life or health from sickness, from discouragement, from faintness, from death. So it's more than just existing. It's an active, vigorous, prosperous life, free from sickness, free from fainting, free from death. It's to be quickened. It's to be active. Come on. It's to be doing something. The just we live by our faith. In the Greek, that word, zao. Now, zao is the verb. We're used to talking about Zoe, G222, which is the noun. But the noun came out of the verb, right? So it means to live, breathe, be among the living, not lifeless, not dead. To enjoy real life. To have true life and worthy of name, worthy of, worthy of mentioning. A life that's worthy of mentioning, right? Active, blessed, endless in the kingdom of God, all right? So we've got to have faith. It's going to take faith. Say it. Say it's going to take faith to get the good report. It's going to take faith. It's going to take faith. It's not going to take man, just a, a, a sewing. It's not going to take that. It's not tithing. won't get you a good report. It won't do it. But faith will do it, all right? So what is faith? Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11, verse 1. I didn't hear any Bibles turning. Are we in school? Oh, we're using the screen. Oh, you never left it? Oh, you never left it. Okay. You know, the teacher like to see people like, oh, I don't have enough scripture. My Lord. Did I go fast? Now, y'all already know how Pastor Kim. I'm a little geeky. Okay, I'll, I'll let him. Amen. We're ready now. I'm ready. I'm going to, I'm just excited. Because I want a good report. Okay, so it's going to take faith. Now, here's what faith is. 
Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith gives hope a leg to stand on. It gives faith, it hope, it's credence. Without faith, hope is merely a dream or a wish. I sure wish I could go to that restaurant. I sure wish I could buy those shoes. I sure wish I felt that good. I sure wish I looked like him or her. I sure wish I could get one of those cars. I sure wish my kids act like that. No, come on. No, wishing up, no, yeah, it's no different than starlight, star bright tonight, I, you know? Come on, y'all. No, by faith, we give our hope something to stand on. So that tells me if I don't have a hope, I can't have faith. And can I tell you, most of the body of Christ are walking around hopeless. We can't even get to building faith. Well, Pastor Kim, you know, we went to faith rally there, we went to faith rally here, we went to faith meeting here, we went to faith profession there. You know, I don't understand. Well, okay, you're trying to build faith and you don't yet have hope. All right? So when I have faith, this is how you know you have faith. We're, we're working kind of backwards, but stay with me, right? Faith is going to give my hope a leg to stand on. It's going to make it more than just a wish. It's going to make it more than just another New Year's resolution. It's going to give it some substance, all right? Now, when I, I know I'm in faith when I stop staggering. Think about Abraham in Romans chapter 4. It said he staggered not at the promises of God. So I know I'm in faith when I'm no longer staggering. What does staggering look like? You've seen a drunk man, a drunk woman. You've seen them. Step forward, three steps back, one step to the left, one step to the right, and they're not doing the cha-cha slide. You know what I mean? <laughs> up and back, side to side, turn around, fall down, get up, all over again. That's what staggering looks like. But in the spirit realm, too many of us are still staggering. We're staggering because we've not yet developed faith. What does it look like when you, today I believe, tomorrow I don't. God is my healer. Today, you know, tomorrow, please give me an leave. Oh, I believe God is my healer. Go ahead and make that doctor's appointment. Okay, I'm going to be rich. Oh, God, I've run out again. Staggering. Staggering. You know what? I believe God will, but it seems like everybody else is just. You're staggering. And when you stagger, uh, James calls it being double-minded. You're tossed to and fro like the wave. Let not that man think he will receive anything. Definitely not a good report. Definitely not a good report. What else does no faith look like? It's what uh, Elijah, you talked about this last night from 1 Kings chapter 8. How long will you hope between two, you know, opinions? How long will you hope? If Baal be Baal, serve him. And if God be God, serve him. Now that's a rough saying. But in 2019, I'm saying the same thing. If you make up your mind, it's either God or it's not. But this two-timing thing, we read about that every month in, in our Proverbs, right? 
you know, your first four chapters, that adulterous woman, right? That old immoral child. <laughs> Standing in the streets. My husband's gone. He took plenty of money with him. Girl, you got at least two weeks. Ah, she said, I've got Egyptian cotton on my bed. I've perfumed it with myrrh and aloe. And that just seems like we just read fast past that because that has nothing to do with me because I'm not looking for no prostitute or tutor. But it's what it looks like when the evil one's calling with some fear, with some doubt, and with some unbelief. There are times I sit at the window at the lattice and I look out and I see some young person just walk into, some grown person just walk into, some mature person just walk all up, not knowing that her house, the street to her house, leads to the grave, leads to death. That's what no faith looks like. We're staggering, we're haltering. You know, we got somebody on the side. Sunday and Wednesday, God will, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. I don't know about this thing. I'm not sure this thing works. You know, trying other options, doing other things. You know, staggering one week we're saying, God will get me, you know, he's going to get me out of debt. He's going to do it for me. And then Thursday we in the office lying about our income, you know. Ask me how I know. All of a sudden, 39,000 becomes 46,000. Why? Because I don't really believe that I'll ever drive nice without financing. That's what we're, that's really what we're saying. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I don't, you know. But the moment passes says, you know, God give you a debt-free car. Yeah, the whole church erupts. Whole church erupts. And then something happens on Saturday that all of a sudden it's the biggest impossibility you've ever heard. Amen. Let me stick to my notes. So faith is this. It's putting the word of God into bedrock. Faith is the foundation of things hoped for. It's putting the word of God on bedrock. I'm so glad that I got to see um, the construction at Faith Victory Church, the mothership there in uh, Frankfurt, before all of the walls and the beautiful interior and carpets and chairs and everything went in because, man, did I learn a lot just looking at that. You know, I, when they dug out the ground to put the footers in, where they hit bedrock, they could put the footer right there because it was solid. You know, you dug five feet and there it was and you could just build and pour. But in other places, the bedrock was way down. So they had to put something in called helicals. They had to drill these super huge screws down through the soil until they hit bedrock. And what that does is that secures the building. So when I build high, I don't have to worry about rains, winds, or anything. The foundation is sure, and it can support the, it can support the height of the building, the weight of the building, the weight of the people. It can support it. Before we go high, we got to go deep. Before we manifest anything, we've got to make sure that we've allowed the word of God to hit bedrock. It's settled on a solid foundation, all right? 
So faith is the substance of things hoped for. Let's look at that word hoped for, or that phrase. It's the Greek word elpizo, which means expectation of evil, fear, expectation of good, hope. So we're going to read, I read Hebrews 11 and 1 like this. So faith is the foundation of expected or meditated thoughts of good. Fear is the foundation of expected or meditated thoughts of evil. So faith is the foundation of expected or meditated good. Fear is the foundation of expected or meditated thoughts of evil. Right? So if I want good things to happen, I've got to meditate on good. I've got to hope for good. I've got to expect good. If I'm going to get a good report, it requires me to manifest good. That means I've got to shift what I'm hoping for, which means I've got to shift what I'm thinking about. I've got to shift what I'm meditating on, all right? So faith is what's going to get me to my manifestation. Faith is the foundation that I can build on. See, you can't just build on hope. You can't build on a wish. You can't build on a dream. Your dreams won't carry you anywhere. Your dreams won't carry you anywhere. But faith, you can do great things by faith, right? All right, so here's, here's the crust of it, all right? I got to get my hopes up. If faith is what's going to get me my good report or my manifestation, according to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence. Faith is the evidence. When you've got faith, you've got the thing, all right? But for it, for by it, the elders obtained a good report. So I've got to get to the bottom of this. I've got to develop some hope. I've got to get my hope up. Tell your neighbor that. Tell them. Help me. Say, get your hope up. We've got to get our hopes up. I've got to start seeing and setting my sights on what God sees for me. I've got to get my hope up by what? Seeing what God sees for me. Not seeing what your mama saw for you, what your daddy saw for you, what your teacher thinks your future is going to look like. Come on now. We've got to set our sights on what God sees for us. Now, go over to Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. I've got to set my sights on what God sees for me. This is Abraham's story when God called he and Abram and Sarai out from amongst his kindred and his family. Lot went along with him. It says, now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto the land that I will show you. And look at what he said. He says that I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Verse 3, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now, here's the problem. Abraham left with his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot. Now, let's back up into chapter 11, and I want to show you what a problem is.
verse 30, Hebrews 11, verse 30. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. Now go back to Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2. And I'm going to make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and I'll make your name great and make of me a nation. My wife Sarai is barren. She has no child. I've been letting Lot hang alone like he's my son. I've been treating him kind. His father's died. Now grandfather's died. Now I'm taking care of him. But Lot's not mine. How in the world? God was getting his hopes up. See, Abram was traveling in a caravan of three. In a caravan of three and your wife is barren, you do not get a nation. He didn't even know where he was going. He didn't know if it was even inhabited. He didn't know if God was getting ready to put him in the wilderness where people weren't found for 9,000 miles. But God said, I'm going to make you a nation. I'm going to bless you. And you all families of the earth. But my wife is barren. All he was doing was getting Abraham's hopes up. That's all he was doing. When words come to us and they seem hard, they seem impossible, all God's doing is trying to get your hopes up. He's waking you up to a new realm of possibilities. When we walk in here and Pastor says wild, crazy things like you can live debt free, you can be rich, you can be healthy, you can be whole, your children will be the head. Hey, man, he's just getting your hopes up. Now, in the world, that has a very negative connotation. Man, they're building you up to drop you. No, no, no. We're getting your hopes up. We're opening you up to a new realm of possibilities. Because, see, once your mind is open to that's even possible, now you can start thinking about how to build faith. But if your hopes are never opened up, if the realm of possibility never even presents So God would speak to him over and over again. It took a long time. When Abram left his family here, he was 75. We know by the time he had the child, he was 100. But God just kept getting his hope. Hey, let me take you a little higher. Come here. Abraham, go outside and look up at the stars. Look up at the stars. Count them if you can. That's how many descendants. That's how great your seeds. Look at the sand. Look at the sand, Abram. That's how many children. He was just opening him up. He knew Sarai was barren. God said she was barren. Sarai was barren. But Abraham is being told, you're going to be a father. of men. In you shall all families of the earth be blessed. God wanted him to see nations. Guess what God's doing to us? He's getting your hopes up. When you see something and it just, 
startles you, shocks you. You know, you finally wander into Neiman's and you turn that shoe over. <gasps> Next time, don't throw it. You know, you leave the shoe off. No, don't, no. Look at it and say, mm, God, you're getting my hopes up. back of the church down the front row didn't get it let me come back here when you look at it don't throw it say oh you're getting my hopes up when you I'm telling you I'm telling you I'm telling you I'm telling you God's trying to get our hopes up and he does that with his words the four voices, they're all there to get your hopes up. We're not here to overwhelm you, discourage you, make you feel bad, and definitely not to offend. But can I tell you something? Sometimes when we're trying to open up your mind, your heart to the realms of possibilities, it's offensive. But it's not intended to offend, right? It's there to help us set our sights higher. Thank y'all. Eagles Nest, Eagles, I, I, I love y'all. It's there to get us, it comes to get us to set our sights higher, not to offend. When pastor testifies, it's not to offend. Debt free, living in abundance, pay masters of the gospel, it's not to offend. Say stuff, we're the biggest tithers in the church, it's not to offend. It's to challenge you to set your, it's to get you to stop thinking about Sarai's barrenness and start thinking about nations. It's getting you to stop thinking about Aston and to start thinking about nations. It's to get us to stop thinking about rent and to start thinking about millions and orphanages and hospitals. I got to figure out how to offer free child care. I got to figure, I mean, Lord, how do, he said, I don't know. I'll tell you when it's time, but you got to find a way to offer free child care. Because see, as long as folk paying for stuff, you can't tell them what you need to tell them like you need to tell them. Because if they give you $6 a week, you can't tell them nothing. But if you ain't gave me a dime, and I tell you, stop smoking weed around him. You can't say nothing but straighten up. I'm in control. I'm in control. I'm in control. See, God's just trying to shift. He wants us to set our sights higher. Stop thinking about what you don't have. And start letting him, let him, I said you got to start letting him offend you sometimes. The first time Mom Alberta told me that's just ghetto. I just wanted to go. She must not know who I am. Not an ounce.
a shred of her wanted to offend at all. But you got to think a little better than that, a little different than that. Oh, you black. You know, she'll ask you stuff like that. Yeah, you go in the neighborhood and she wanted to come on, let's look in the window. I'm not going to people's window to look in their house. You stretching me. Yeah, you are stretching me. But do you know what I did? I got out the car and I walked up to the house in Tia Verde and I looked in the window and for however long, I wasn't a little black girl who grew up in St. Petersburg who wasn't allowed out on the island of Tia Verde. And I, I allowed that to be so offensive to now there's not a neighborhood I won't ride in. Hey, back up. I don't care that they driving slow. Put your hands on and make them go around me because I'm trying to see this house. Call the police. I don't care what you're doing. Run my name, baby. I'm not even the traffic ticket. Run my name. But what I am looking at, I'm trying to decide if I want Mediterranean style or do I want a craftsman. Leave me alone. I'm setting my sights higher. Setting my sights higher. Let me try that shoe on. Let me try that shoe on. I need it in a 40. OC 40, European style. Good shoes don't come in nine and a half. You don't want no American made shoe, let me just tell you that. Let me see that shoe. Oh, you gonna buy that? Hush your mouth, buy nothing. I'm setting my sights a little higher. Sometimes you gotta go in the store where the purses aren't chained down. Put it on your arm. See, they don't think you're stealing. You think they think you're stealing. I said they don't think you're stealing. You think they think you're stealing. Do you steal? What in what you worried about? See, you ain't got your hopes up yet. Watch this. Let me show you how you get your hopes up now. Psalm number 119, verse 49. I'm going to show you how to get your hopes up. Psalm number 119, verse 49. Remember your word unto your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. You've caused me to hope. So I need to spend adequate time reading God's word, his promises, until my mind shifts to good. See, everything God does is good. I've got to spend enough time reading God's word, understanding his promises, until my mind shifts to good. See, we've been satisfied with evil. We've been satisfied with evil. No, can I can I be satisfied? I don't do evil. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. When you buy those plastic shoes that hurt your feet, evil. When you buy
bought that $12 dress? Come on, from Rainbow, and you washed it, and the threads got caught around the agitator, and you went to pull it out, and the whole thing just fell up. You know what I'm talking about, because I... You pull one string and the whole thing is over. Evil. Clarendon, all month of September, all March and April, evil. Come on, Robitussin all January and February. Nebulizer, you know, in the office at the school. Albuterol everywhere, evil. Rain come, you can't go outside in your hunter boots and play in it. No, no, cause old Arthur got your knee all cracking, evil. See, we gotta read this word that says, hallelujah, no evil shall befall them, neither shall any plague come now that dwelling. With long life I'll satisfy you, come on, come on. We gotta meditate that until our mind shifts to good. Till our mind shifts to good. I said until our mind shifts to good. It's evil to give somebody 18% interest. It's evil. It's evil. It's evil. It's evil to not be able to smile until your tax return comes. That's evil. When the Lord tells us in his word in Psalm number 112 that wealth and riches are to be in my house. See, that's good. But see, I can't even get my hopes up till I get this word in. You know, when I read Ezekiel 6, and I tell you, I read Ezekiel 16. Verses 7 through 14, I meditate on them. See, because I need to know, when God said, I found you and you looked a mess. This is Kim's translation. You looked a mess. A hot mess. He says, but man, when I found you, I cleaned you up. I put fine linen on you. I fed you with the finest of flour. I clothe you in embroidered silk. See, I stop. And I get my phone out or my tablet out or a magazine out from beside my bed. And I want to know, what does silk feel like? Not silk. Not polyester. Might feel like silk. And rayon feels like silk and looks like silk till you make a mistake and wash it in hot water and it come out. But see, that's what God puts on his people. When he says, I clothe you in that, but on your feet I put badger skin. That's a soft leather. That means I've got to acquaint myself I'm trying to get your hope up. You've got, to, you've got to acquaint yourself with it so that your hope, it's just the stake. No, 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 no. 
The steak at Rococo's tastes nothing like Longhorn. Let's stop fooling ourselves. And it definitely don't taste like that thing they butchered at Golden Corral. I don't even know why people still eat it. That's your restaurant, I'm sorry. I'm not going with you. And I don't mean to offend you or be offensive. I ain't gonna tell you no story, I'd rather go to Culver's. Amen. I'd rather, glory. Yes, she you, you see what I'm saying? See, so what you do is, you read those scriptures, and you don't let them bother you. And what you say is, okay, God, show me what that is. Because, can I tell you something? Those people that we trying to win, that we talk about all the time, you know, we like to put our mouth on Mr. Drug Boy all the time. Can I just say what Mr. Drug Boy got on Gucci shoes, you know? Stop talking about him because you want what he got. I saw a guy the other day, y'all. I'm hurrying up. You know how I am about cars. The boy car was gold. I mean, liquid gold. I mean, gold like gold I've never seen before. It looked like gold, so gold that if I put my hand in it, like my hand will go through it. And his wheels were gold and his car was gold. And I put my little baby Lexus over and I said, God, why? <laughs> Pastor Kim, would you drive something like that? Absolutely. <laughs> Might be one time a year. Might be one time a year. And I'm gonna step at y'all with some Christian Louboutin studded uh, sock sneakers. My God, it's some leather leggings. My God! My God, it's gonna be serious! And then I'm gonna put it in the garage and never pull it out again. But I stopped and I, I'm thinking to myself, music gonna be just Hezekiah bumping like you ain't never heard it bump. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what I'm going to tell him about Jesus? Because you know they will offend you, right? They will. They, they don't. Now, most drug boys don't cuss women. I, I'm not old and you get a little. But they pull that wad out and say, Ma. Because everybody, your mama, I'm everybody's mama now. Like, why are you calling me Ma? I'm not your mom. I don't even know you. Mom, mom, let me show you. Jesus could give me this. What has to happen is, I gotta take my Valentino and dump mine. Say no, he can give you this. And then he'll say, you know what, let's talk. Every Tuesday, kissing cousins, we gonna talk. Psalm number 42, verse 5. Your belt peeling, and they got the crocodile Gucci belt on, and your belt peeling. You done pulled it so many times, the plastic come. Give it to me in the CEB. I think I said it to you. Why, I ask myself, 
Are you so depressed, Christian? Why are you so upset inside? You upset inside. See, you smiling on the outside, at least you trying. But you upset on the inside. Every time you leave the corporate party, you upset. Every time you go on Instagram, you upset. Because your friends doing the life you want. Why? He said, this is what you do, hope in God. See, the problem is, is you've been hoping in your job. You've been hoping in your paycheck. Hope in God. Right? Hope in God. Don't put your hope in this worldly man-made stuff that's going to fail. Hope in God. Right? So I've got to get enough word in me until now I believe it's possible, whatever it is, I've got to lay an unshakable foundation. I've got to get enough word in me until I now believe it's possible. Abraham had to meet with God so many times until he got to the place where he understood that, no, your wife Sarai will bear you a son. Okay, you messed up with Hagar. You thought you were helping me. No. Eliza, no, he's not the one. They kept meeting and kept meeting until Abram, Abraham got enough word into him until he understood it was possible. So we've got to get enough word in us until we understand whatever it is we want, it's absolutely possible with God. All right? But we've got to lay an unshakable foundation. Right? We've got to believe that God can. Our pastor taught us this. I say this all the time. I say this in the mall, ladies. I go to the mall all the time. I don't shop every day. I go to the mall all the time. You can't send me to the grocery store and I not go by the mall. I'm not even telling no store. I'm not, I'm not, I wish I was. I go and I always end up in that direction because I don't know when God is going to say today. I stay, listen, when he gets my hopes up on something, I, this will work for me too because there's some nice suits out there. There's some nice stuff. There's some nice men. Men fashion has... See, you go and you, you, you just get in the general vicinity and you, you, you just let him tell you whether or not. Now, if he say no, go on to Publix and get your stuff and go on back home. Now, you a long way, so keep your freezer bag. And I'm not even telling the story. I keep a freezer bag in the trunk of my car because I need my ice cream to make it home. I need my meats to make it home because I'm way out. Grocery shopping. Because when he tells me to pull the trigger, because we got to believe that God can, God will, and God will do it for me. And so I'm always asking, Lord, is today, my hopes are up. Is today today? Do I do that today? Am I there yet? Is now the time? Right? We got to get our hopes up. Go to Romans chapter 4, verse 17 for me. I'm almost done. I'm doing so good. I got to get my hopes up. Look at this. That's my son, Jesus. 
he better hope he hoping in God. Because <laughs> if he hoping in me, they're going to be in fish sticks tonight. <laughs> As it is written, <laughs> I have made thee a father of many nations. Look at that. There it is again. Ain't nothing wrong with good fish stick every now and then with some ketchup. <laughs> offend no one. I offend no one. Hey, put them under broil a little bit to crisp that underlayer. That's all you got to do. Y'all get back on task. <laughs> As it written, I've made you a father of many nations. Before him who, uh, before him, whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. He calls those things. That's why you got to hope in God. God brings dead things to life. Right? And he calls those things that be not as though they were. And guess what? We do the same thing. We call our bank accounts to life. We call our closets to life. We call our children to life. We call those things that be not as though they were. We call our marriages to life. Keep damning your marriage. Keep damning your own marriage. Call it to life. Call it to life. Call your children to life. You knew they were bad when they were seven months old. Seven months old, you can tell, oh, this one's going to be something else. And so you wanted to ignore it. The Lord was trying to tell you when they were seven months. Yeah, I'm working with them. <laughs> Verse 18. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. Look at Abraham. Abraham, who against hope, believed in hope. That he, who against hope, believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. We got to spend so much time with the word. It starts speaking to us. We got to listen to pastor voice so much till he starts speaking to us. When you get ready to do something crazy, you ought to hear my voice say, what in the world are you doing? When you pick up a plastic shoe, you ought to hear pastor Kim's voice say, Plastic, put that shoe down. Your feet don't stink. Hear my voice. 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 Now I want nobody going to Neiman Marcus tomorrow because we're not there. But Target, not Target, Marshalls, TJ Maxx and Ross get Italian leather in. You got to go all the time. I said you got to go all the time. I said you got to go all the time, and you got to go to the north side. You got to go all the time and go on their website, too, because they got Gucci and Valentino if you want it. And it's real. Okay. Give me that verse in the Amplified Classic. Amplified Classic. For Abraham. Human reason for hope being gone. Human reason for hope being gone. A lot of us, before we ever got to the place where we were making our own decisions, human reason for hope was gone. We were mistreated. 
we were handled improperly, we were lied to, we were disappointed, we were abandoned, we were neglected, we were separated from our fathers, all sorts of things, all sorts of things that says you shouldn't have an ounce of hope. My God! Went to school, they didn't even offer you a decent math class, you had to get out and found out you were behind. All reason hope was gone. But in spite of that, if you get in this word and begin to build your faith and begin to first get your hopes up in God, that with him, nothing is impossible. I don't care if you flunked all the way through your second year in college. That does not exempt you from being whatever you said you wanted to be when you were five years old. You can still do it. Why? Because God has made all things new. Your mind is new. Your GPA is new. Man, my God, everything is new. Your comprehension level is new. It's new. It's new. It's new. Everything. Everything. Everything is new. Everything is new. I don't care about what somebody did to you, what somebody said to you. What did God say? See, we keep losing hope based on what people have said. That tells me don't ever come to me with something somebody else said. Because you're going to have to get out. Why? Because I know you've not yet meditated what God has said. When you do that, now we can talk. I'll help you digest what God has said, but I'm not going to unravel and undo what people have said. See, you're meditating on that too long, and I'm not going on that journey. Right? But all hope, human reason for hope being gone, he hoped in faith that he should become. I said that you should become. Y'all, I don't care what your debt is. I don't think any of y'all look, are looking at $300,000. That's what Pastor and I were staring I think it was like 305 something ridiculous. We were staring it in the face with little children, the last three being all two years apart with child support. I've heard this already. I had no human reason to hope. The house we were buying, we could not afford. And it was a quarter of what we pay now. Well, what y'all pay that? None of your business. Mind your business. Just know that in God, we blewed up. And there ain't no cap. Look at me all hip. I've got teenagers at home. But no. So we had no reason to hope. I said, we, have no re we had no reason to hope. We were in debt. The church was falling apart. Come on now. No money. Down to one paycheck. Black. <laughs> we were still black. Small business loan? Nope, not you. <laughs> Give you more money on that house? Where do you live? Uh, that's 16th Street, 18th Avenue? Nope, not gonna do that. What do you do? I said, what do you do? You hope in God. I said, you hope in God. You hope in God. I said, you hope in God. And watch God. 
do what he's promised and make sure, he makes sure that you become. You become affluent. You become healed. Come on, you become prosperous in every area. You become free. You become sane. You be whatever it needs to happen. With God, it's possible. You can be happy. No, I got no reason to be happy. Yes, you can if you hope in God. <sighs> so against hope, Abraham believed in hope. He spent enough time listening to God that he could now believe it was possible, right? God would come and would speak to him and he would constantly remind him of his promise. I'll make you a great nation. The families of the earth will be blessed in you. Your seed's gonna be mighty upon the earth. He would remove doubt when he talked to him. See, when we read this word, it's removing doubt. He said, no, Eliza's not your son. He's not your descendant. You will not leave it all to Abraham. Had a lot of stuff to leave behind. Nope. Nope. He won't get it. We like Ishmael. Send him out with a little blessing. But he won't get it, right? God preached to Abraham over and over again. But he also made him preach to himself. I said he made him preach to your, himself. See, if you want to get your hopes up, you got to start preaching to yourself. What are you preaching to yourself? You're preaching to yourself the word of God. That thing that you've read in the word, turn around and preach it to yourself. Pastor Kim, how did Abraham, Abram preach to himself? When God changed his name to Abraham, he said, you're going to stop calling yourself half father, and you're not going to start calling yourself Abraham, father of the multitudes, or father... Sarai, you're going to stop calling her Sarai. No, she is a noble woman. She's going to be gone from being just a princess. See, princess don't have children. But she's going to be a noble woman. Remember, he told kings and queens, he told Sarah, kings and queens will come from you. But he changed their names so that they would preach to themselves. You got to start preaching to yourself. That's what confession is. You're preaching to yourself. You're you preach. I said you preach. You preach. Your knees start hurting, your back start hurting, your toes start hurting, your eyelash start hurting. You preach to yourself. I will live and I shall not die. Jesus bore my pains, all of my pains, and all of my sicknesses. This mess has got to get off my body now in Jesus' name. I am the healed. I am whole. I Preach to yourself. Preach to yourself. I shall live and not die. Preach to yourself. Don't wait for me. Preach to yourself. Consider Abraham. Isaiah 51, right? Consider him. Preach to yourself. Abram did. Then make others preach to you. No, don't call me that. If you're gonna say something, this is what this is what we say. This is no, this is this is what we're gonna say. Yeah, speak the end. Stop calling your child dumb. No, he ain't dumb. You're a scholar. Now you know you're a straight A student. Now you know that they struggle. 
no, you're a straight-A student. You're not going to bring this home to me anymore. I said, you're a straight-A student. You're not going to bring this. I said, you're a straight-A student. You're not going to bring this home to me anymore. Preach to them. Preach. Preach. Preach to yourself and make others preach to you, all right? Now, here's the last thing. I've got to have the obedience of faith. See, now that you've gotten your hopes up, right, faith comes. Faith comes. You've gotten your hopes up by reading and meditating on the words of God, right? Now you start listening to the preach word and it's not offending you. Now it's helping you. It's now building you up. See, a lot of us aren't getting what we're supposed to get out of the word because we hit that place where we get offended and we flush it. Yeah, we get offended and we flush it. But here's what we do. We're going to now build that faith and now we're going to do what faith tells us to do. Right? Go to uh, Romans 16, 25. I think I sent that to you in the International Standard Version. And this is Paul's doxology. He's closing out his letter to the church at Rome. And he's pronouncing a blessing over them. It says, now to the one, my God, who is able to strengthen you with my gospel and the message that I preach about Jesus. See, when pastor's preaching... He's speaking strength to you with the gospel and the message that he preaches, right? He preaches the Messiah. He's preaching about Jesus. By revealing the secret that was kept hidden from long ago, but now has been made known through the prophets to all the Gentiles. So, listen, don't let anybody tell you anymore that that Old Testament isn't for us. No, it is for us. It is for us. We've been grafted in to all the fatness that's on Israel. It's on us. So every promise he made to them, he's made to me, right? So he preached by the prophets to all the Gentiles in keeping with the decree of the eternal God. Look at this. To bring them to the obedience that springs from faith to the only wise God. Through Jesus the Messiah, be glory forever. Amen. But it says to the obedience that springs from faith. The King James Version says, the obedience of faith. There's something when you have faith, you have to do. To disobey is to disbelieve. Tithe, no I don't tithe. You know why you don't tithe? You don't believe it. You don't believe it, right? Confess. Say this. Oh, I don't confess. Say this every day. Financial miracles are happening in my life every day. You know why you won't say it? Because you don't believe it. You cannot make yourself do something that you don't believe. Your soul is very powerful, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot make yourself do anything that you don't believe. All right? Now, I'm going to prove it to you. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. And I'm about to close this Bible. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, look at that word, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. But Abraham did what? He obeyed. He obeyed. So if I want the manifestation, if I want the good report, 
The manifestation is the good report. It will speak and it will not lie. The manifestation is the good report, right? But if I want it to come to fruition, I've got to obey. I've got to do whatever I'm instructed of faith to do, right? Now, go to Hebrews chapter 11. We're there. Go down to verse 32 through 33. God wants to brag on us. And here's, something, here's what it'll sound like. Watch this. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and David also and Samuel and of the prophets. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. Keep going for me. Quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in flight, turned to flight the armies of aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, but that they might obtain a better resurrection. So listen to this. This is how we want our good report to read. We want it to be said that we subdued, we wrought, we obtained, we stopped, we quenched, we escaped, we waxed valiant, we turned to flight, we received, and we obtained. That's what we want our story to read like. I stopped some things. I turned some things to flight. I received some things. I obtained some things. I subdued some. That's what, that's why we're in this. Cars, houses, clothes, shoes, all that's just the bonus. But God wants to testify of greater things in our life. But here's the key. If we don't handle the unrighteous mammon, we can't get to subduing. How are you going to subdue a kingdom and you can't subdue your rent? How do we receive our dead back to life? And I can't rebuke a headache. Hmm? Stop the mouths of lions and you can't stop your mouth from lying. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you, you, you see what I'm saying? So before we get to those big, huge, lofty things, man, man, we've got to let God get our hopes up. We've got to build our faith. We've got to obey faith, and then we'll manifest. That's how you get a good report. Amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want a good report. I want a good report. I want a good report. Who wants a good report? Yeah, I want a good report. I want God to speak well of me. I mean, when you're, when, man, when I get to heaven, I mean, man, I want him to, girl, you really did that thing. You know, our pastor's going to have to testify of us. According to Hebrews, what, 13? You know, you don't want him to have to do that with sorrow. So we're practicing that good. I got a feeling. After this meeting, God's going to have some wonderful things to say about us on Saturday morning. And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do on Saturday. Meet me there now. 
No, I'm not going to Kissing Cousins. I can't bother them pancakes. I start that, it's over. But he'll, he'll reward us. He rewards those that diligently seek him. And if we spend three days praising, praying, eating on this word, meditating it, Saturday morning I'm going to look for mine. I said Saturday morning I'm going to look for mine. My reward is going to... So y'all playing. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm done. Come on and give God a great praise tonight for the word of God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I was thinking kissing cousin Saturday because we've been fasting since Sunday night. We're fasting all this week while we're you know, teaching, so making sure we're ready. So I was thinking she said, come off the fast with kissing cousins. Oh. Amen. You only, the only place you need me is at the counter. <laughs> did y'all receive and enjoy that tonight? Come on, did you feel your faith go like... Shh? You see, this is what I was trying to say last night in part about God showing us these desires, these thoughts, these hopes, these dreams, and so forth is because it's to what appetite for what the big things he really has planned. And the big things he really has planned are way beyond our thoughts about cars and houses and all that. That's, that's just, that stuff is just menial stuff. What he's got in, in mind for us is us uh, ruling over principalities, walking in our authority and our dominion, subduing kingdoms, See, there, the things that we see going on in our city, in our nation, territories, they are kingdoms that have been set up. And we've got to subdue those things. And, and so we get to practice on, you know, shoes and a purse. That's just, that's just practice. That's, that's, you know, uh, anybody who likes to shoot a gun, you go target. You don't practice on real people. Am I right about it? I pulled out the other day, I was cleaning out one of my drawers and I pulled out my, uh, the time I, my target practice when I was at, at the range. And man, I, I, I did pretty good, boy. I'm ready to go again to the, to the range and pull out the whip, man. But you don't, you practice on paper. So when it's time for the real deal, you're ready. Are you following what I'm saying? So these things you hear people talking, what are you talking about? Cars and shoes and houses and belts and all that. That's just practice. So when God sends you to the real deal, it's going to be the same faith, the same principles. You understand? He won't, he don't, he don't, not going to have you practice on somebody who's full of demons. <laughs> you can't practice on somebody full of demons. You got to practice on a belt. Then you go to a, somebody full of demons. The same way you use authority over that belt, you use your authority over those demons. You follow what I'm saying to you? So it's, it's easy to grab then, yeah. When, you know, 
they teach, you know, when you're, when you're, I'm talking about shooting a gun. So when you're shooting a gun, anybody ever shot a gun? Okay, it's, it's, it's nothing like it. See, when you shoot a gun, what they tell you is you can, there's, there's an adrenaline rush that in the, in the moment, if you've not practiced enough on the paper, if you've not practiced enough and you shot, when, when there could be a guy 10 feet in front of you and you'll miss all day long because the dream. So you got to practice. They have me practice, practice one hand, practice two hands, practice with my left hand. I'll lighten them up deep. Left hand. So that in case you try to break in my house, And my, my right hand is, I can still, and the adrenaline won't have me shooting up, shooting my kids and my wife. You follow what I'm saying? Faith. These are faith, faith things that you're learning. See, and, and, and you're, you're in the right place. I was talking to, to Dad Derber Monday, and he was no Tuesday talking about just how excited he is for this time he knows that he, he's a prophet of God a true prophet of God and we're in a time ladies and gentlemen like the body of Christ has never seen and God's raising up people in the body of Christ we're going to see that Isaiah 2 2 manifested that vision was so big Kirkland that God spoke it again through Micah you read the book of Micah, M-I-C-A-H, and you see the exact same prophecy repeated. Word for word. How do you do that? That's big to God. Amen. Father, we just want to say thank you for the word. Thank you for what you're doing in us and what you will do through us, what you're doing for us, and what you'll do through us. Thank you, Father, that we are your chosen vessels for this hour. And Lord, we are building our faith so that you can use us so that no matter what situation we face in this world, we'll never back down from a devil ever. Never back down from any demonic force ever. Because we've learned, we've exercised our faith. We know how to do things. We know how to obtain. We know how to subdue. We know how to stop. We know how to, how to turn to flight. We know, Lord, how to receive. So, God, we ask you, God, to just to continue to build our faith. Thank you for these three nights. Thank you that, God, you're giving us one more night to continue to build our faith and we'll grow from it and through it. And I pray, Father, every person who's heard this message tonight will uh, just keep allowing you to stir us. Keep allowing you to just stir, challenge. Hallelujah. And to see for us what you see for us. And to see ourselves doing what you see us doing. And to see ourselves going where you see us going. And to see ourselves saying what you see us saying. God, we thank you, Lord, for your great plans for our lives. We submit, we yield, and we agree. 
We thank you, Lord. Bless the woman of God. Pour into her of everything she's poured out. God, pour back into her. Replenish and restore, rejuvenate. In a matter, we refresh her. In the name of Jesus Christ, we do pray. Amen. And amen. Amen. Come on, everybody on your feet. Everybody on your feet. We're getting ready to go.